Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Today's friend is Steve from Frankfurt. And the title of Steve's story today is Fun Days at the Job. Steve, you're one of my coworkers. We're both executive producers here at Voice America. We talk to some crazy, loony, fun people all the time on the phone who want to potentially do a talk show and stuff. So I think it's a lot of fun. But the reality is you and I have had some fun work experiences in our days, too. So thank you for being on Jesse Jameson and Friends. Let's talk work. Have you had some fun jobs growing up? What were some of your first jobs? And did you have any hijinks at the office, so to speak? Oh, great. I I love this topic, Jesse. First of all, thank you for inviting me on your show. I greatly appreciate it. And heck yeah, you know, being an executive producer, speaking to people all over the world, all sorts of backgrounds, all sorts of experiences. There's a lot of good folks out there and some crazy ones too, but it sure is an exciting job. And I don't like using the word job. I like, you know, it's a great, it's a great living. I, I enjoy it tremendously. And, you know, when you had, we started talking about doing this show, um, I was thinking back, gosh, I've done a lot of great things over the years. I mean, from starting from being a caddy at a country club uh, to moving then into the kitchen and having to wear, um, you know, the, the whole chef type outfit, the white shirts and, right. and everything and work. And, and that's really where I learned to cook, to be honest. I mean, what better training than from a chef? That's um, right. So you were a bagger Vance once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's, 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 you know, it, it's, it's crazy. I can't believe I did it now that I think back on that, but it was really exciting. I think if I uh, could go back and do something when I was really, really young, you know, 16, 17, 18, I think I would have maybe looked into going to a country club and becoming a caddy. I don't know exactly the, the uh, you know, steps that it takes. But when I was 25, 26 and 27, I was playing golf literally like three times a week. I got mm-hmm. so mad at myself. I ended up throwing clubs <laughs> away, giving them away, telling myself I would never play again. So, I Steve. So, Steve, just for fun, just so the uh, audience can get an idea of what we deal with on a daily basis, I once had a person that wanted to do a show with us. I won't, I'll, I'll leave him nameless, but he called me and we're talking about his show idea. And then out of the blue, he stops me, Steve. He goes, Jesse, don't you understand what I'm saying? I can cure herpes. <laughs> And and he said this stuff. And and right as he said that, he had me open up this email attachment that he had sent me. Right. But I was a couple seconds behind his words. And all of a sudden on my screen at work, this giant thing says, I, you know, healing herpes or cure for herpes. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't want people to see that at my desk. Tell tell, tell us, have, have you had a fun call like that where people just hit you out of the blue with the crazy stick, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, and this was a recent one, to be honest, and this is, um, I, I got to be careful, I don't want to say too much to give it away, but um, as I was working with this host, um, and we were in pre-production, you know, you know as well as I do, when you're in pre-production with a new host, you learn a whole lot about the individual, and he was getting overwhelmed at the time, and I said, well, just remember, remember the acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. And there was dead silence on the phone. I was like, uh-oh, 
maybe I said something that struck a bad chord. And he came back. He says, well, Steve, he says, I prefer to use keep it stupid simple. I was like, I could work with that. <laughs> but right. it was just it was just a great response. And, and I know the audience doesn't know the character of the individual, but this coming from this individual, um, he that was he was trying to be funny. I mean, it was just I, you know, it, 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 I was like, wow, I can't believe this guy actually could say that. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was just one of a, of a few Um you know, and you talk about the different people we speak with and some of the, you know, the crazy stuff they say, um, you know, we hear a lot of times, you know, why you, and we talk about this, you know, why do you do a show? Um, you know, I actually had one person, you know, again here, uh, oh, not too long ago, maybe last month said, why would I do a show? And he, he kept repeating it. Why would I do a show? And I said to him, I'll just use John as an example. I said, John, why do you keep saying that statement? And he says, because I'm waiting for you to tell me why I should do this. <laughs> push like, me over the edge, Steve. Yeah, I mean, he's like, push edge. me, push me. And I'm like, hey, John, I'm not going to do that, man. I said, you know, this is, uh, this is, this is something that we're going to work together on. And, uh, you know, but I really, you, you, you know, I need, to, I need to hear from you, man. Come on, speak up. And it was, that was just another great story. You know, a show that I think would be really good for the network that would be a guaranteed winner if the host could pull it off some sort of betting on sports show. And the reason I say this, I've seen them before. Don't get me wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But, if you, but if you actually had a successful one, a guy that could actually do some, some football and baseball and bet, you know, some sports betting, but actually get above that 51% mm-hmm. average, mm-hmm. you know, somebody yep. that could actually get yep. maybe 56 to, to 60%. If you mm-hmm. had a show that actually gave the winning, you know, hey, I'm going to go with the Giants over the Dallas, you know, at home with the three and a half points, you know, whatever the situation, if you actually won, people would be forced to listen to you because there are people that will literally take your predictions if you're good and go right, right to their bookie or right to Vegas. And I don't know about you, but if I had a guy that was giving me the right games at a high enough clip where you could actually make money off it, I'd be tuning in every week. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I've done that, Jesse. Uh, there was a time in my life that I was trading uh, options and futures, S&P 500. And every day I had five monitors up, three computers, and I was listening to someone like that. And, you know, and, and we, were, we were having those sort of discussions. And, you know, it's just, it's just I mean, it got me, it got me glued to it. I mean, it was just, and I, I agree with you, Jesse. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, but with that being said, I, I haven't been able to talk one person into coming and trying, you know, to do some some betting prognostication, you know, on a show. <laughs> I haven't gotten anything like that. So, Steve, let me ask you a question. We live in a world now that's kind of whitewashed. You can't really hit on co-workers, right? Like maybe we could back in the day. And I say that in a nice way, not a bad, sure, sure, way. but it used to be that we would meet our significant other at the job. Absolutely. Did, 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 in your first couple of jobs, did you have a crush on any significant others? Did you actually meet a, a spouse or a friend uh, or a partner through a previous job in, in one of your first couple of jobs? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, it was just a couple of years ago, and I'm saying that, and you could see, you could you can hear where I'm going with this one. Um, yeah, I mean, back, basically, that's where um, I found my first, you know, my first, you know, really serious relationship, and uh, and ended up getting married, you know, from that. And it's you're right; it's so much of a different world today. 
Um, I, I look around and I, I see where I've been and where we're at today. And at times I say to myself, wow, I never thought we'd be sitting here from this perspective. Yeah, both of the mothers of my two kids, two different moms, two different kids, right? Both of the mm-hmm. mothers I met through working situations through where, work. you know, they start off as a coworker. You realize, God, I've got a crush on this person. They evidently feel the same. And then before you know it, the rest is history. And, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and sounds like in both of our cases, we had long-term relationships with some of these people. Nowadays, though, I, I don't think that's possible. I actually think dating would probably be kind of a lot more difficult for young 20-somethings than maybe when we were younger. What, do, what are your thoughts? I, I agree with you on that, Jesse. Um, and I don't have you know, a lot of exposure uh, during my week with younger, and that younger obviously could have a wide you know, a range group. Let's, I'm just going to say 20s and 30s right now uh, to, probably, to, ter- to narrow it down like that. But the exposure I've had so far some of the struggles of these individuals with what we've gone through in the last year and a half. Um, there's some, there's, there's some challenges there. Absolutely. You know, you bring up a good point. Um, if I was a good student and all of a sudden I was forced into a two year role of online learning, God, I could see you going from being an A student to a dropout really easy because in a weird way, it's almost like you're taking years off of school and uh, you know how it is, Steve, if you get out of school for a year or two, it's darn near impossible to want to go back, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I can share with you, uh, you know, my own experiences and that uh, private education, education was always a priority in my, in, in my family and with my parents, sent me to a good college and promptly within about seven months, I said, this isn't for me. You could imagine what that was like when, when that hit the fan at the house. Right. <laughs> you know, and then. But I did it. I already had another plan, though. I was already working uh, full time. Um, I had uh, had moved into a position with which I was going to be earning the type of money that I could support myself um, with the next position I was going to receive. And I viewed it as, uh, to be quite honest, why am I in college? Why am I doing this? I'm not getting anything out of this. And that's that's really how I got started in you know, and where I'm at today, you know, working with people and business and, um, you know, and, and just doing the things that uh, I want to do uh, with those who I want to do it with. I mean, it's, that's really it. Yeah, I think when we were younger, I know you're a little bit older than me. I'm, I'm going to be 45 in September. But when I was younger, there wasn't this onus on computer programming and getting as much education as you can. You know, it was kind of a 50-50. Half of the kids in your high school maybe went to college. The other half just went right into the Mm -hmm. workforce. There was really no problem. Over the last 10 or 15 years, we see a lot of adults actually going back to get more education, whether it be through online or in person. But my God, the idea of going back for further education really scares me. Even, <laughs> even though I love educational stuff, I'll listen to documentaries, I'll read, you know, I, I, I'm okay with learning stuff. The idea of going to a regimented classroom, though, very, very scary. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Jesse. There ain't no way I would do that. And, and you, you and I have worked together for quite some time now. And and uh, I think you've seen <laughs> in some of our engagements, <laughs> you know, that wouldn't work for me either. Right, right. So what was your first job then? A caddy? How long, were, caddy. You, how long were you a caddy? And did you make any interesting tips or meet any interesting uh Yeah, what I did there? is, you know, in the country club we were at was I would consider it a medium sized uh, country club, a couple hundred members. 
Okay. Uh, but what it did is it gave me a great opportunity to spend three to five hours um, being with people who were, as I viewed at the time, very successful doctors, lawyers, business people. And uh, not only did I love the sport of golf, but it gave me an opportunity to have the exposure to what these people had done. And there were, there were some common stories. And one of the common stories is, hey, you know, if you want to make this happen, you got to work for it. It just ain't coming out of the sky and dropping in your lap. And I thought that was a great experience. And that's, you know, what, 13, 14 years old, I think it was somewhere in there. So I really, truly did appreciate that. Uh, and then I did, um, you know, network basically, um, you know, with those folks. And a matter of fact, a position I took after that was with one of them, with one of the members in their business. So, uh, you know, here again, yeah, it, it's, it's all a, about who you meet and opportunities, right? So if you put yourself in an opportunity to meet these people, you're going to potentially have a really good uh, chance to have a successful ladder set up for your future. Absolutely. You know? Those yeah. are the type. Those are the type of guys that'll tell you really good advice. Like one one time, I was on a golf uh, course speaking with an older gentleman, and he goes, "You know what? He goes, you can't make a lot of money chasing gals, but you can get a whole lot of girls chasing money." You and bet. you know what? It's really, really true. If you look at women, especially as they get older, they're not fools. They usually, you know, like to go out for somebody that knows, you know, has their head on their shoulders, right, and they're doing the right thing. And uh, a lot of my friends that went after the girls ended up having no money and no girls, <laughs> you know, kind of a two. bummer how that works for out. Two. <laughs> two swings and over two. You whiffed it twice, pal. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Steve, one of the fun things about jobs is the conversations that you have and the coworkers, because not everybody gets along, right? I had a coworker once, I don't even remember his name, but he would tell tall tales all the time. And mm -hmm. some tall tales are just so hilarious that I won't even call you out on them. I'll just enjoy them, right? And I'll <laughs> let you say them. And one day I walked by this guy. He was an older gentleman. So he might have been suffering through the first stages of dementia or what have you. Mm -hmm. but, but he was on the phone to Fry's, the grocery store. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and most Fry's have a pharmacy in them. He was talking to the Fry's pharmacy and he was telling them that he saw one of the pharmacy staff come out of the restroom without washing their hands and that he was with the city and he was a fickle matter specialist. And when I started breaking down what a fickle matter specialist is, isn't that a nice way of saying I specialize in poop? I'm a shit, mm -hmm. I'm a shit specialist. Yeah. And yeah. I just, yeah. I just laughed forever. That just tickled me for the, for the longest time. Have you in your days ever had a fun tall tale person that maybe you and the other guys around the water cooler would kind of snicker a little bit about? Did you hear what Absolutely. Joey said? Absolutely. As well as I've played that position uh, just to get a reaction myself. I think I think that's why some people do, because it's almost like they're saying, are you going to call me out on my bullshit here? And it's really hard to call people out on it, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, I, I, I have a fun way around that on the show. If I tell I feel like someone's telling me a tall story, I usually say that's bullshit because <laughs> they're hey, so not, they are so not used to people saying that. Right. Exactly. So they, you say, I say, come on, Steve, you made that up. Get real. Can we, can we, can we really <laughs> say that on your show, Jesse? Can I really say bullshit? Oh, you totally can. Yes. <laughs> oh. can say any word. I always just say, don't use it as your language. Use it to flavor your words and your uh, vocabulary, you know? Yes, I agree. I agree. 
It's good, it's good stuff. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to see if we can open up Steve's imagination even further. We'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. When it comes to financial planning, most of us would probably rather have a root canal. Math, budgets, keeping ourselves and our loved ones secure after retirement, planning for retirement, risk, reward, and the like. How do you find the answers you need? Tune into Fiscal Fitness with John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina. They'll help you feel more secure in your investments and your future. Listen every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear, and listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thanks for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. So, Steve, before we left, we were talking about some serious stuff like relationships, but also some not so serious stuff like people that tell tall tales. But now I'd like to get into some life and death serious stuff. What do you think of the UFO stuff that's been going on recently? They've got pictures of Tic Tac looking vehicles. They're always around the military. You and I never get to see them in our backyard, but they always find the military and they always find, you know, people with fuzzy cameras. Tell us what Steve thinks about the UFO phenomenon. Is it real? You know, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Jesse. Uh, I don't need to see it to believe it. Okay. Um, what does very, that mean? Very straightforward. Um, I have a, what I have a perspective in life that uh, I can, I can believe very easily that something like that is real. I don't need to see it flying across the sky. I don't see, need to see a little green man walking out behind, uh, behind a curtain uh, because you know, in, 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 for me, and this is being me straightforward, is I believe that there is many things out there, whether it be a UFO or people, um, that is something I don't know about. So I, I don't refuse that. I don't deny that. I, I look, you know, I'll look out there. I'll reason with it. I'll talk about it. 
Um, but, um, you know, some of those stories are pretty, pretty good. As a matter of fact, I've thought about a couple of times driving to area 51, just to check it out and not necessarily look at what's there, but just look at the other people that are there. I mean, I find that fascinating. You know, it's interesting. One of the, one of the stories that people used to say is they used to say, Hey, we have hundreds of thousands of these reported sightings every year. Even if only 1% or even one-tenth of 1% were true, that's still of thousands of sightings, right? And they would kind of use that as their kind of evidence to make a good story that that aliens could be true, right? But you want to know something? As I get older, especially in this job, I've met so many people that if I didn't know they were earthlings, I would think they were aliens to the point where I don't know if I can believe that anymore. I almost have trouble believing people when they're telling realistic stories let alone the one where they got abducted and, you know, somebody did experiments on their bodies. Does that even make sense when I say that? I've heard so many tall tale stories through my life that it's almost like I can't believe any of sure. the stories. Sure, you know? first, first reaction to that is some of those that I just quite honestly think in my head and I don't say it, you know, given the time that in the, in the place that we're at, I'm thinking to myself, bullshit. Right. I mean, that's it. Are you uh, watching the Olympics at all, Steve? Right now we have the Olympics going on, and have you been watching it all? You know, to be honest, this is one of the first summer Olympics that I've missed in a long time. Um, I am a true fan of the Winter Olympics, though. I love that. Not so much a fan of the summer. But some of the reasons that I haven't watched it this time is um, I've I've got a very full plate. I mean, you know this, Jesse, and what we do for a living. Uh, it's not just a job. It's what I do for a living. I love it. I love the people I'm working with. And I have not, you know, sought the Olympics as, uh, you know, as for downtime or enjoyment. So now I haven't seen them this time. Did you know there's snacks at the office, Steve? <laughs> I've already found those. <laughs> there are snacks. Me and Aaron used to fight for like the Reese's Pieces and the Almond Joys and stuff. So I just wanted you to know if they're telling you that those snacks aren't for you, Steve, don't believe them. Those are your snacks. They're allowed to ha- share in them. <laughs> well, uh, let me let me share it. Let me share a little Steve philosophy with you, Jesse. Um, you know, we've all you know gone through this COVID thing, and we've all you know sheltered in place. And when I went back to the office, my my perspective is, if it's out there, and no, and it's you know it's in a common area, and I want it or need it. I'm taking care of it and it'll be done. So I ate all the chips. <laughs> I don't blame you. You know, when you're sitting there making a couple calls, reading some emails, taking a look at websites, because that's what we do. We kind of eavesdrop on people right before we mm-hmm. call them and say, oh, this guy's, this guy's actually interesting. But yeah, it's really nice to do that while eating some Lay's barbecue chips and maybe downing a nice cold bottled water. Sometimes they even have Coca-Cola there at the office. They got Mountain Dew now. Me and, uh, me and Angie would always get the almonds. Do they still have the little bags of nuts? Haven't done, haven't done the almonds. They've had mixed nuts so far. And uh, we're talking about mixed nuts as food, but we're, we also have some mixed nuts. <laughs> oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> you know, but that's what, that's what makes the environment uh, so cool, you know, is, uh, is the people, too. And, um, you yeah. <laughs> I'd love to take this to another uh, level, but I don't know if the, the audience is ready for that. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. So anyway. 
so Steve, what was your most enjoyable job that you had? And did you ever have a job that was so fun that it didn't even feel like you were working period? I had a couple, Jesse, um, but one in particular that has been with me for, uh, for quite some time. Uh, I was working in the steel industry in Gary, Indiana. I worked for an entrepreneur who had nothing, had seven different businesses, and the eighth one, he finally made it. Um, met him. Uh, basically, uh, I was selling construction equipment, and he wanted to build a mini uh, par three golf course on his estate. And I first pulled up there and I thought, oh my gosh, what am I getting into? Well, it was a great relationship. Uh, he ended up uh, acquiring several pieces of equipment. Uh, he then hired me uh, to design his little par three golf course. No so, way, Steve. That would be not. the best job. It's like I love the ultimate. I love executive courses. I think that's the best way to learn, even better than it the driving cool. range. You know, let's yeah. go to a short par three course. Yep. Yeah, I love and then, those. And then he sent me to Florida twice, gave me a American Express Gold card, and said, uh, "Go for a week. I want you to play uh, many courses because I I believe that it's going to give you ideas that you're going to bring back for my course." So here again, when we talk about golf again, right? I mean, great stuff. So I was living like a king on that one. Um, got near the end of the project over about nine months, and um, he had uh, a supervisor, site supervisor, who was using a uh, a backhoe to try to break up some concrete. And uh, this guy didn't know what he was doing. And he was going to go right through all the glass doors of, you know, of the mansion. And I saw that and ran over and just kind of gave him the stop, stop, stop. Asked him what he was doing. He says, well, I'm trying to take these up. And I said, well, let me help you, pal. So I got a bunch of, you know, four sheets of plywood, had some of the other guys lay them up, lay them against the glass, kind of blocked it off. Only like a hurricane's coming. And I said, if you don't mind, I said, you know, let me, let me help. And, you know, in other words, I was telling him, get out of the seat, I'll do it. And, uh, you know, he got out and basically I got the concrete up without damaging any of the, the property. What I didn't know was that uh, the owner was behind me and he was seeing and he heard everything. And after I finished, he said, Steve, come here, I want to talk to you. I said, yeah, Joe, what's up? Well, we went into his office, which was an atrium with 17 macaws in it oh wow yeah it was like going to disney world okay and here i am sweaty and looking like garbage and he says you know what he says i want to talk to you about another one of my businesses so what ended up happening was uh i ended up being his manager of sales or sales manager for his steel company in gary indiana um you know very exciting but the best part about it was i got to play race cars and i say that from a different perspective uh, the owner, uh, his circle of influence were people that have way too much money and they could do what they want when they want and they can play. So I got a tremendous experience in that two to three times a month. I traveled with him and I got to drive some very cool cars on racetracks across the U.S. with some really neat people. And that was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually supposed to be working here. <laughs> I'm enjoying the playing end of it. That does sound awesome. I had a boss once that I thought was really successful. You know, he drove an Audi. He owned a, a really nice house that looked mansion-like. It wasn't a real mansion, but one of those, you know, houses with a ton of rooms and it looks really beautiful, right? Nicely landscaped. And we went to visit his boss in Oklahoma City. 
Mm-hmm. So we fly over and I'm feeling like a million bucks, you know, cause I'm in my early twenties and here I am flying out of town with my boss. Thank God he wasn't a pervert hitting on me or something. <laughs> right. But we, we go to visit his boss and his boss treated him like scum. And I just really? remember, I was really disappointed to give you an idea. This mansion that his boss lived in was so big that it had an elevator that would take oh you up three floors. Right. So he had mm-hmm. this elevator but he kept his house, I swear, at like 90 degrees. Now, if you have to have a mansion that's so nice, but you can't afford to air condition it, I don't think it's worth it. You know it what I mean? Wor- it so, ain't worth it. So we're sweating and I'm thinking, ah, this guy doesn't impress me, boss. You know, but of course, my boss has to treat him with the utmost reverence. Sure, sure. And, I'm, and I'm not joking. There's a couple things that happened. First was the idea that he just treated my boss disrespectfully right from the get-go, like he was a, a, a little peon, if you would. The next thing he did was outrageous. He was showing us his tie collection. This guy must have had three or 400 ties, very nice silk ties, told us about, you know, this costs 3000 this one's 400 you know, and he's going through his ties. And this is no joke. He leaves the, the closet that we're in, and we all follow him. The guy blew a fart right on <laughs> my boss, just loud, kind of lifted oh his leg. Gosh. And he literally just like walked on like, you know, like, I know you're not going to say anything about it. Sure. And my boss looked at me like, can you believe this jerk? Yeah. We're we're outside and his boss's boss once again, because some people just love to flaunt their power. Right. Right. He goes, hey, Jesse, go out and take a look at the swan or whatever. Right. So I go Mm -hmm. out by this beautiful lake in his backyard. Right. This beautiful little man-made lake. And there's this, I assume it's a swan or a geese, right? This long necked thing, right? And all of a sudden, I all of a sudden I realized, oh, there's actually two, right? So there's this real beautiful, graceful one in front of me, you know, in the water. And all of a sudden, this other one starts coming up on the bank, lifts its wings up like it's going to kill me. And of course, my boss's boss is just happy as a lark, you sure. know, like, ah, ha, ha, sure. got another one. Yes, yes. This thing uh, scared the you-know-what out of me. Their, their necks look like a giant snake. Mm-hmm. And they, when they lift up their wings, all of a sudden, they don't look so pretty and graceful. It looked scary as heck to me. Do you have any fun moments like that that maybe you had? That wasn't a fun moment for me, by the way, but in retrospect, <coughs> pretty funny, I think. Uh, Jesse, I can truly say I have not, ha- not had an experience such as yours, and I'm very thankful for it. Because if it was me, I would have been a real chicken and I would have been really embarrassed and I would have been running. So you did a good job, my man. <laughs> I did. I did run. I did run. Oh, you did. I did run. Gosh. At first, I thought I could intimidate the thing by maybe like, you know, stop, stop. You know, I'm trying to talk English to this swan or geese right. or whatever the heck it is. Right. And then all of a sudden it literally comes at me and it was like chasing me all the way back to the porch. I was, you know, looking for a little relief. <laughs> My boss isn't was a nice guy, so it's not like he was enjoying this. Yeah, but he was my boss, but his boss was just uh, he was enjoying that heaven. big time. Yeah, he yeah. was enjoying that. But it it really gave me a it really gave me a quick learning in how certain people with a lot of money and power and influence they kind of take advantage sometimes. And then I've met other people that are the exact opposite. They'd mm-hmm. give you the shirt off your back. You would never even know they were rich because they were just kind and, and down yeah. to earth. Probably smart, too. You don't really want people knowing that you're filthy rich if no. you're, you're filthy rich, no. you know? 
But you're, you're exactly right, though. You're describing two different individuals. Um, what's some of the common? The common was the money. Okay. Um, but yeah, and, and I've, I've, met, I've met significantly more of the kind and uh, helpful, not in giving, but providing the opportunities and then guiding you than I have the folks, you know, like the gentleman that you were referring to. So I've been very lucky in my career. Right. Definitely. So tell us a little bit about uh, the future that, that you're envisioning. Are you envisioning a future where you have, you know, just dozens upon dozens of hosts on all of our channels, or do you kind of uh, enjoy more the idea of focusing maybe on filling one particular channel with regards to your talent searches that you do for the network? Looking very much forward to having uh, a broad cross-section of hosts, in other words, on all the channels. Uh, really looking forward to having the opportunity to getting back to uh, working with the hosts in person, uh, coming to the studio, you know, getting out to getting out to live events. Um, I think there's there's a lot of value in that, um, and I'm really looking forward. And I, you know, I'm looking forward to doing that soon. Steve, are there a such thing as a curse? And if there is, do you think maybe the Phoenix Suns are cursed? I don't know if you knew this or not, but they were in the finals of the NBA finals against the Milwaukee Bucks. They're up two to nothing. And everybody on ESPN was talking about how the chances of the Bucks coming back to win this were nil. Mm -hmm. And that next thing I know, it's four games to two and end of season. <laughs> sure. I can, I can answer that very easily. And I could say one word born and raised in the Chicago market. Do I need to say anything more, Jesse? Yeah, see, so you're blessed, right? You got to, to enjoy the Bulls. One of their victories was against the Suns. Mm -hmm. But the Suns have been around now for, I think, they had like 50-some-odd years. Oh, a long time. And yeah. it, just, it just blows me away that an entity can be around in a sports world that long and not win at all. And mm -hmm. I know this happens across the board. There's a lot of teams out there that have these unlucky streaks. I'm just starting to wonder if the word curse is actually a real thing. You know what I mean? Because when I was growing up, curse was always a chuckly thing. Oh, he's cursed. Ha, 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 right. ha. Right, right, right. But now I'm right. starting to wonder if there is something to it. And, you know, and I'm going to agree with you 100% on that, Jesse. As I've, uh, you know, moved from, uh, I'll say, a Midwest environment uh, to the Valley and now having become closer to um, – you know, the Cardinals and the Suns, the teams of the area that I now reside in, I start shaking my head and I start thinking the same thing. Man, are these teams cursed or what? I don't necessarily believe in the word. Okay. I used to, you know, I, I'm like you, I take it lighter in a statement, but holy cow. I mean, you, you know, you really got to think about that. Yeah. And then the thing that's so crazy about sports is, uh, you know, I feel like everybody's career is limited. Right. There's not like you've got you're sure. not, you're not going to sure. have Chris Paul or a Michael Jordan forever. Mm -hmm. And so the Suns lose the championship. Then I just hear yesterday they signed Chris Paul to this ungodly contract with all this money. And I'm thinking they're cursed. They're not going to win anymore. It's done. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think why? they just spent that. They spent that money on a guy that didn't quite win at all, even though I love Chris Paul. We're going to sure. take sure. we're going to take an additional break. And then when we get back, we'll be finishing up the show with Steve. So we'll be right back. Would you like to host your own radio show? 
Jesse Jameson is an executive producer with the Voice America Talk Radio Network, the leader in live and on-demand internet talk radio. Jesse serves as executive producer to over a dozen shows on our network. If you'd like to connect with Jesse to be a guest on a show, do some advertising, or even want to talk about hosting your very own show, give him a call at 480-553-5719 or email him at jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's 480-553-5719 or email jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. How is your business plan working out? Could it use improvement? A lot of companies don't even examine their business plans, let alone review and revise it on a regular basis. Tune in to Let's Talk Business with Phaedra. Host Phaedra Hanks has years of experience helping businesses with their strategic planning. Now she's ready to bring you the tips to business success from startup to success. Tune in Fridays at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In business, many leaders have a great vision, but find their companies are lacking adequate execution. Transformative Experts with host Chris Elias takes you behind the scenes with real-life business leaders and transformative experts who can pinpoint why. Listen to learn how company culture drives execution to optimize results. How can you afford to miss it? Tune in live every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you ever been interested in technology or the application? Technology is always changing, and there is definitely a place for you in it. Listen for Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. Sharon and her guests teach you the skill set and present resources that help you incorporate and enhance technological know-how in your current career, as well as prepare you for future success. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. for tuning in to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Do you have a super short story that you'd like to have Jesse read on the show? Simply email him. You ready? It's jesse.jameson at voiceamerica.com. And who knows? Jesse might just read your short story on a future show. And now, back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. So, Steve, we're back. I used to love this movie when I was younger. You might have heard of it. It was called The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Found, found out that this movie was done by a young M. Night Shyamalan. Okay, that's the guy that came up with The Sixth Sense. Okay. A couple years later, I go to a movie called The Signs with Mel mm-hmm. Gibson. Seen Again, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. I loved it, right? I just love movies that just make you think outside the box. Mm-hmm. A couple years later, I go to another movie. It's called The Village. And again, it's by M. Night Shyamalan. But this was like the first movie where I'm like, oh, it was good, but it wasn't great. It was okay. This guy might be cursed now because the last like eight or nine movies that he's come out with have just been awful. He has this new movie called Old that's out right now where, mm-hmm. people, where people are going to this island. And according to the trailer on the commercial, every 30 minutes they're aging a year right so they're literally aging just really quickly on this island going from young to old overnight right and i look at the rotten tomato score and it's like 30 percent out of 100 which means oh it's gosh. just 
awful. Right. And I'm right. thinking to myself, why do we keep giving this M. Night Shyamalan guy another chance? Now, you might not be a big movie guy. I am. But the point that I'm making is this guy's made a dozen movies. His first two or three were good. The last 10 have all been bad. When is it time to give somebody that we enjoy the heave-ho, so to speak, whether it be in sports <laughs> with an aging talent or in movies with this M. Night Shyamalan that can't do a good movie for the life of them? When should we give up on, you know, our favorites, so to speak? I, I love that question, Jesse. I'm pretty straightforward. Um, if we have an issue, I'll give you a pass the first time. If we have an issue a second time, I'll let it pass a little less uh, polite. But third time, if it happens again, your history. How's that for a response? Well, I like that response because it really applies to this guy. Because when you take your significant other and maybe a kid or two, right, to the movies, you're mm -hmm. talking about a $50, $60, $70 dollar investment. Yep. And and if you throw in the time, you're talking about a three-hour investment because how many of us go to the dinner after the movies or, or lunch before the movies? So we end up making this whole investment out of these movies. And if they're not worth it, you literally feel like you just threw away 80 bucks. Sure. sure. You know? are you, yeah. Are, Jesse, are you not really asking about value? Um, you know, do, how, did I, how did I value this? Well, for me, value at times is... Uh, if I put the money into it or I make the investment and I also invest my time uh, and also other resources, let's say like driving. Okay. Um, and you want to be entertained and you go to a movie like that and you're not entertained. You're saying, well, I could have you know, stayed home and watched something on TV. Well, that was a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, and that's, and I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um and I don't necessarily, with the movies that I watch, look at who the, you know, the writer is or, you know, I don't go that deep into it. But I do know and I know the individual that you're speaking to and I know the movies that you're that, that you're referencing. And um, to be honest, um, gosh, darn, I don't think I'd go watch what you're just describing. Well, that's one thing I learned a couple movies back. I'm going to find out what the score is on them. And if they're all, you know, to be, to be a good movie, you're not going to get three out of 10 scores. You're going to get no. six, seven, eights out of 10. And mm -hmm. when your movies consistently get 30s, I can't even give them a chance anymore. So I'm not going to be watching that movie. That's, that's for sure. Well, you're a, you're a movie buff, Jesse. I got a question for you. Um, you know, uh, in, in, you know, do you subscribe to these these three star, four star, five star, the the Rotten Tomato ratings before you actually will invest the time in watching something? No, I won't. But that's kind of weird when I just mentioned it with M Night Shyamalan. With M Night Shyamalan, I've just been I've 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 lost eighty dollars so many times. I I'm just mm -hmm. gonna I'm gonna take other people's words for it. For mm -hmm. example, if the Rotten Tomato score would have been fifty nine rather than thirty nine. I would say, okay, that's a six out of 10. That means somebody out there sees it as a seven or eight out of 10. I could be that person. I'm going to give it a try. Sure. But, but when sure. your scores are thirties, no, thank you. I, I already yeah. know what M night, M night Shyamalan movies are designed to look good on the commercials. They're actually mm -hmm. designed to look world-class on the commercials. Mm -hmm. And then when you get in there, you're like, this is garbage. Yeah. Content. Have you ever, have you ever been into a movie theater and a movie was so bad? You actually got up halfway through and just called it a day. Have you ever had more, that? more than a couple times. Um, but it's been quite a long time. 
Yeah, um, it's rare. I can stand a horrible movie, but when it gets to a certain level, I've had three or four times where I've actually said, let's go. This movie's mm-hmm. horrible. You yeah, know? I do that. I do that every day. I do that every day in my own home. Um, I'll watch something for five or 10 minutes. And now I've gotten, I do it more frequently. I, I give it, you know, up to 15 minutes. And if I'm not seeing it, I shut it off. I, I don't, I don't go through it. So Steve, I was listening to a couple of radio hosts the other day when I was driving around in the car and they were talking about something that I thought was just really crazy. Apparently there's girls that'll go out with guys on dates nowadays, you know, that they meet online and what have you, mm-hmm. and they'll meet up for lunch or dinner. And then the guy will end up telling a story afterwards that that's all that woman wanted out of me was lunch or dinner. And the reason I bring it up is because when you and I were younger, if you took a girl out to eat, you could not get her to open her mouth and actually eat. You remember when it was like all women wanted to do is, oh, I'll just have a salad, right? And right. as guys, you're begging them, look, I'm going to tear into this burger. Will you join me and have some fries? And oh, I'll just have a salad, right? Nowadays, I think it's the opposite. Nowadays, if you go out with a girl, she's, she wants that steak. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I have to be careful how I answer that one, Jesse. Um, but I can simply share with you this. As I look around me uh, at different times, it sure that, that has changed. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yes. But you agree with me, right? Once upon a time, you could not get a, a, a young lady to really want to eat if you took her out to dinner. It Absolutely. Was, you know, Absolutely. You, 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 and nowadays, I guess it's the opposite. I, I, I've never been huge into dating. I've always been a relationship guy. So usually when I'm with a girl, it's, it's, I'm at least thinking long term. You know what I mean? So uh, even though I have two kids with you know, two adults, right? I, I don't have any young ones. I've gotten really good at not having any more. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I really wanted to thank you for, for coming on the show. Uh, because every time I talk with you in our meetings, I feel like we're giggling, laughing, having a good time. And I just thought he would be great to, you know, have on the show so that the people could be kind of a fly on the wall and, and listen to what, uh, what we have to say, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that in, in just in the most recent times, I think we've, uh, had more fun than we've had in a while. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've gotten vaccinated, but I got vaccinated And this girl that I'm talking to recently, this is so funny. I actually texted her, Steve, and I said, I got vaccinated. Or or, or, no, I didn't say that. I said, are you vaccinated? And she goes, I'm not vaccinated, nor will I get vaccinated, nor will I ever be vaccinated. And then she wrote back to me, are you vaccinated? And of course, to be cute, I wrote back, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. and then and then and then and then she goes, well, why did you ask me? And I go, well, I wasn't even talking about that. I was talking about for shingles. Are you vaccinated for shingles, right? To change it <laughs> off the vaccine. And, sure, sure. and here, here's the funny thing. She actually writes back. Well, yeah, I did get my shingles vaccine. I thought that was hilarious because it's absolutely like, we have a vaccine that's, you know, effective against the plague mm-hmm. and you're against it, but you'll go get the shingles vaccine, which, you know, I don't think that shingles vaccine is a bad idea either have you seen the commercial for the shingles that thing looks awful oh i i, I have not jesse but um previous experience uh, when i was younger we had a family member so it was not very pretty 
Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where I think I would take my one in a million chance with the uh, vaccine. Mm-hmm. Because I guess shingles is like a one in three proposition. And it's like, yeah. that's the, it's good odds you might get the shingles. You, yeah, know? you, don't, you don't mess <laughs> with that. That's not one you mess with. Nope. So, Steve, you said that you've always been those that you don't need to see the alien to believe. Do you ultimately believe, though, that there could be aliens out there? I think there's other life forms out there somewhere. So I, I, you know, I'm going to leave that open at this point in time. Um, I'm not one that that's going to say, no, I don't believe it. See, I agree with you there. I think that if you go someplace to a moon where there's water, there's something. It might not be a guy uh, in a green alien suit, right? It might be a little microbe somewhere, but there's so much out there that you got to figure there's something out there, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and you know what? I'm going to share a little secret, Jesse. So I'm saying it a little softer just because we're friends here. don't, Don't share this with anybody. But I swear this week I saw an alien in the office. Yeah, it's Aaron. I've been trying to tell you this. Aaron is an alien. Aaron is an alien. You, know? you should have seen what he was doing. I mean, oh, my gosh. And it was just I, 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 like, I, I looked like a shadow went by me. And then I saw a tail. I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. That Andrew and Josh are pretty alien rific, too. And, and Matt, Matt's the only normal one there. <laughs> Matt's the only normal. But Matt, where's. Matt has such a cool demeanor, you know, and those ones scare me because those are the ones in the movies that they always end up exploding. Right. So if 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 anybody ever shoots up the office, it's going to be Matt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, you know, Jesse, no one we haven't shared this yet, but, you know, I know the phrase going postal. Um, what what do we what should we be, you know, considering? God, what would it be for us? It would be going audio. He's gone audio. Or right? he's, 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 gone, he's gone to a different frequency that we can't transmit. Yeah. He's, he's, he's unable to find your frequency like Ryan's show. Finding <laughs> there you <frequency>. go. <laughs> yes. So, unable to find your frequency. So, Steve, do me a favor. Go to your host. Let them know I'd love to have them on Jesse Jameson and friends to share a story. And again, my good friend, Steve Palmatier, I want to thank you for being on the show. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get this up so it's aired. Uh, Hopefully, I'll send it in tomorrow. So hopefully, it gets aired this Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific. But with that being said, Steve, let's say goodbye to the audience. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Until next time. We'll see you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to Jesse Jameson and friends. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us again for another episode of Jesse Jameson and Friends. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Be sure to tune in again next week for another great story. Jesse Jameson and Friends is heard every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Jesse Jameson and Friends is a proud presentation of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. All rights reserved.